You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's David with from Military to Millionaire, and I am here with Alex Felis, and he's going to uh, introduce himself, so I will let you do that. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm Alex. Uh, I am a long-distance rental uh, real estate investor. I do it. Um, I live in Las Vegas, but I invest in North Carolina. I, f- I bought my first rental about two years ago. I just clipped my – we just locked in our, my seventh one now. Um, I have perfected the – Burr method, that's buy, rent, uh, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Uh, like I said, I do a long distance. And uh, now I, I've been helping people, other people do it, <clears throat> teaching them how to do it with my website, brokersofchoice.com. And I've been doing a consulting business where I actually walk through people through the process. Um, and we're getting ready to put offers on big, well, mid-sized multifamily and looking to, to move on to the next thing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So Alex and I met at FinCon like what three weeks ago, which I'm still got like a whole pile of stuff back here that I have an intention of getting to, and I've like barely crossed the wave tops on it, and that's haven't even watched the virtual replays of the webinars or the classes yet. But we met there, we hung out, we uh, got kicked out of the pool for drinking beer, and that we didn't buy there, and you know it was a good time. So we got along. Uh, Alex was in the army, right, for four years. Uh, yeah, four years army. I was in third SIGDET, uh, sorry, third, third group, uh, SIGDET at Fort Bragg. Yeah. Awesome. So, and now he's doing big things in Vegas. So, well, I guess investing elsewhere, but lives in Vegas. I guess my first question for you would be, how did you, were you investing in real estate in the military? Was that something you started doing prior to or down the road? How'd you get started? Nah, I was a travesty of a human being in the army. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was in a bad troop, but <clears throat> I was very apathetic. I was apathetic in high school, and that's kind of why I joined the army to get me some, um, you know, a little to get a little ambition out of me, a little self discipline, and that's what it did. Uh, although it took a long ramp up period because, man, I have a propensity for screwing things up. <laughs> and so, uh, look, I got out of the army broke. I started selling cars. Uh, I did that for a long time. I was broke because I lived week to week. And somewhere along the way, I kind of used my college degree. I got an associate's degree in business. At, didn't really, didn't really help me that much, but the army paid for it. Okay. And so I learned, I got a sales background when I got out of the army and, and the army taught me self-discipline, but I didn't know anything about money until, um, I, my, my poor decisions really started catching up with me around 2011. <laughs> and then I really decided to get my, my life together. And then I learned personal finance. And from there I went to real estate and you know, there's a long ramp up period in real estate, I think for education and you know you got to really wrap your mind around a, a complex process but once you do man uh, like I said I bought my first rental in 2016 and now I got seven and we're looking to buy a 40 unit real soon I mean it goes really quick yeah absolutely I, I agree it's very scalable once you figure out the basics because you know as I point out to people a lot of times whether you buy a single family house a fourplex or a 20 unit it costs the same amount to fix the doorknob so you might buy a monstrous property, but your overall expenses may not change much. Well, yeah, your expenses are going to be in a, a percentage of, of gross. Well, that's how you measure them rather. And they should be a little bit higher on a, on a, on a big complex, maybe a little over 50%, whereas to be a little under 50% on a, um, 
on a small unit. But what you're saying is right, because a lot of the problem with real estate is not the, it's not running the business, it's the transactional cost, both in resources and, well, both in, in, in capital, but also, you know, people, human capital, people resources and time. And so if you're going to do one deal, you know, if you do one single family house, it takes about six people to do this. You need, I need a, a realtor, a contractor, a property manager, an insurance agent, a lender, like a title attorney. All these people have to get together and work together to do one deal, whether it's 40 units or one unit. And so the transactional amount of resources it takes to do one big deal and it does one small deal is like you said, it scales up or it scales down with, uh, excuse me, it scales up with efficiency. So doing a 40 unit, it just makes more sense. Buying, buying one at a time gets old real quick. I've bought seven and I'm already sick of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I concur. I, I did somewhat, somewhat similar, not a 40, but a 10 and then some other weird thing. But uh, yeah, it's just a natural progression. So I guess uh, next question for you, since we do kind of cater towards people who are uh, sounds kind of like what you did and then definitely what I did as people hear me talk about it where uh, we join the military to get something out of it and that's great but we may not necessarily be the best with our finances and then we I personally know that I have said that you know oh I don't make any money in the military and then I turn back now and I'm like no I made plenty of money I just I was an idiot um, is there anything you wish the military had taught you as far as real estate investing or that somebody had tried to teach you at a young age yeah, I mean, look, you can look back and wish somebody took helped you take better responsibility for your life, but that's really what it comes down to is if you're broke and you live in America, it's probably your fault. Maybe not, but if you're listening to this right now and you continue broke, then it's definitely your fault because if you have a cell phone and you have some resources and you have some semblance of the understanding that, that you can take control of this economic problem, then once you, know, once, once you believe that you can fix it, then it becomes really easy to fix fix. So I don't blame the army for not teaching me um, real estate or finance. That's not their responsibility. Their responsibility was to instill, uh, well, their responsibility is uh, many fold, but uh, what the best thing the military does is teach you self-responsibility. Um, it doesn't always, it, it teaches you self-reliance, not self-responsibility uh, because it actually the opposite. The military kind of hinders you in a way because it babysits you too much. You don't really have to be good with your m money in the army because they're going to pay you every two weeks, no matter what. In 2008, you know, there was a global financial collapse, but no, no military troops lost their job. Um, so I don't wish the military taught me any better. I mean, I wish that I had gotten my uh, head out of my ass sooner. And you can't blame, you can't blame that anybody but yourself. I, I would concur with that. Yeah, I, uh, I wish somebody had handed me. I wish, I guess I, I don't necessarily wish that somebody had handed me. I wish that I had been open-minded to, I spent probably until I was like 22 saying, eh, I don't read. Reading is dumb. And then same. here I am. Someone hands me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I gave them the same excuse. And they were like, hey, asshole, like, go download it on Audible and listen to it while you drive. And my whole world changed. Um, yeah. I caught, uh, I caught Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was, I was house sitting for a guy in 2005. Uh, I had just got back from South Korea. And I caught this book. And I was not a reader. Same as you. I was like, eh, reading. I'm smart. What do I need books for? <laughs> um, typical 25, 27-year-old kind of arrogance. Um, and so I picked this book up and I read it and it didn't, it meant a lot to me, but I didn't apply anything. But I'll tell you what, you read that book and it sinks here. And I knew going forward, I read that book in 05 and I didn't buy my first house till 2015, almost just about 2015. So it was 10 years stirring in my brain where I was like, I didn't know what to do with this information, but I knew you needed passive income. I knew passive income was the most efficient way to go forward. And so when I finally got sick of being broke, I looked at the world and said, what can I do? That's, it has to be passive because I know that is the answer. Um, 
and I extrapolated or I, and I got that from information that was festering in my brain for nine years. So, you know, uh, reading has a compounding effect that is incredibly undervalued in the society. Well, look, I, I, I read 40 books this year and I'm going to clip 50 next year and I read all nonfiction and it's the best thing that I've ever done. And it's the highest return on investment of anything I've ever done. And so the earlier you can beat into your brain reading as a habit, the more successful you'll be for the long haul guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And the thing that a lot of people, you know, it comes out of time, right? Some people, Oh, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to, well, if you have a commute, you can listen to it on audible. If you run, you can listen to it on audible. If you go to the gym, if you go on a walk. I mean, there's, there's, Do you no, take a shower in the morning. Cause that's when I listen to mine. There. I got a I got an $8 speaker off a Bluetooth speaker off Amazon. I played in the shower. I played on the way to work. I played, I have the luxury that I can listen to it a little bit at work. So I'll crank out 30 minutes here or there at work sometimes when I'm doing some, something monotonous. I do it at the gym. I do it at the way home. I do it. Dude, if you don't have yeah. time, if you don't have time to listen to Audible, you better not have a Netflix subscription. <laughs> Agreed. Get yeah. your shit together, son. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about your website, Broke as a Choice, and, and what, you, what you're doing there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, we met at FinCon and FinCon has a business model that I, uh, I reject kind of, uh, where I don't profit off my website directly. I, <clears throat> I'm not a, I don't consider myself a content creator. I, I like real estate. I like the business of real estate and I like, um, um, building systems and, and I just like building businesses or I like, I've liked enjoying, I, I shouldn't say like that. I have enjoyed building my business, but when it comes to a website, I don't like creating content. I don't have a YouTube or I might, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, but it's never been natural to me. And for the first, when I first started writing, it was incredibly cringy. I still don't listen to my own content. I can't do it. I can't listen to it, read it. My podcast guest uh, appearance is nothing. I just, but so about a year ago I said, look, I got this knowledge and I, I, have enjoyed sharing it on bigger. I spent a lot of time in bigger pockets. So I've been sharing on there. And so I said to myself, let me just write. I have these brilliant thoughts in my head and the world needs to know. So let me get some of these um, blogs out. And you know, that was not even a year ago that I started that blog and people are really, look, I've gotten a lot of good response from it and it's made me a bunch of money. I spent, uh, it got me a podcast interview, which got me um, a guy who redesigned my website, which, you know, has now, when you go there, it's a great looking website. I'm very fortunate that it came out so well and people respond well to it and it's, it's brought in actual investors now. And so, you know, <clears throat> what I tell people is if you're on the fence about, if you're not sure what to do with your time, you should have a blog to get your, to get your exposure out there. Everybody needs a digital resume and you don't want to put everything on Facebook because you're on somebody else's, you're on somebody else's dollar when you're, when you're doing just Facebook or just YouTube or just um, Twitter. So you need to have your own, you need to have your own space and it needs to look professional and you need to do as fast as possible so that the effects of your, um, your content creation can compound over time. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, it's great, but ultimately owning your own email list is probably the most powerful aspect because Facebook could just block you and there you go. Now what? Yeah. I don't collect email on my website at all. It's a really personal website. Um, like I said, it's not the FinCon model. The FinCon model is collect emails, uh, you know, get affiliates, um, do some advertising maybe. Uh, it's, 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 it's fin the FinCon model. What I consider is direct monetization of the website. And that's just not what I do. I do the website so that if you stumble across me, which again, I'm missing out on the marketing side of it, but if you stumble across me, you're going to come there. It's my site. I got all the skin in the game. I owe nobody any content create like there's nothing on there that I don't 
you know, everything's mine. So I don't owe anybody. I don't, I can say what I want the way I want it. And it comes off very personal the way I write. And so people really like it and they, they gain a lot of trust and they really understand what I'm doing and it brings investors in. And I like that. I, I could be a little more efficient, but, um, so some people start websites to do purely marketing. I started a website just to, uh, share my personal, uh, thoughts and I, it's worked out really well for me. Yeah, I uh, have yet to even think about the idea of monetizing my website at all. Uh, like you, I probably more of a consulting side of things because I started the website with the intent of, I would like to write a book. I would like to do this. I would like to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. So how about I just build somewhere for me Practice. to learn how to write and maybe people will like it enough that when I do figure out what I'm going to do, I'll have some people to say, hey, look, I wrote a book rather than, you know, post it on Facebook and hope someone <laughs> looks at it. Yeah, it's practice. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun and it's a way to talk stories. So and then meet guys like you and whatever. Uh, so I, I am going to touch. We, we mentioned it earlier. Um, so if you don't mind, we uh, I, I saw a controversial, so to speak, VA loan post that you made earlier today and uh, had some people riled up. So I figured I would ask you about it because that's way more fun than just tagging you in Facebook and letting people go, oh no. Uh, so if you don't mind, could we get your two cents on the VA loan and why it is not the best strategy to utilize? Uh, yeah, look, it's not, look, that, that article is only controversial if you disagree with me, which, <laughs> which would make you wrong anyway. So I don't think it's controversial at all. <laughs> I like it. Look, uh, the point of the article that I wrote was, uh, the article was the reason that the VA loan is a trap for new rental real estate investors. And that's true because the VA loan is a great program for a guy who wants to buy his first primary residence uh, with no money down. Now, there are instances where doing a, <clears throat> buying a house with no money down is a good idea. If it's your primary residence and you're in a high appreciation market, like I come to Las Vegas, I knew it was going to explode. I moved here just under two years ago. I knew it was going to explode. If you looked at Las Vegas two years ago, it was on the rise. But if you looked at it and you, you decide and you, and you looked at some of the things that were going to happen, um, you would know it was good. I didn't use my VA loan to move here when I moved here, but, uh, if I, but I, I, I would have if, if the circumstances were, uh, made it a little more beneficial than it was. So if you're going to come to an area where you can do zero down, you can make, you know, I'll make a hundred thousand dollars in two years on, on equity in this house. And then you can get out. That's a great way to use the VA loan. But, that's not a rental investment and that's hardly repeatable and it's very speculative. So that is no way to, to look at that's, and that's the best case scenario for a VA loan. So that's no great way to look at a, um, an investment strategy. So I call it a trap because people don't, that's not a great rental strategy and people only do it because they have no money. And that is no way to design a real business model. I don't have any money. So let me do whatever I can at the expense of, 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 of good decisions just to, to get in. And I don't believe that that's, um, that's, uh, that should be, that's, I don't believe that's a correct, uh, incentive for being a rental real estate investor. And that's what a lot of people do because that's the only avenue that they know. And they, they, you hinder yourself because being able to raise money is, and being able to save money are two incredibly valuable uh, talents that are much more effective to work on those than to just buy a house with no money down because you have no money. And then you have a lousy rental and, uh, you know, no equity and a high overhead. Yeah. I mean, and you're buying a retail house, you know, I buy all my houses, you know, I bought a house, uh, $65,000 all in and it's worth a hundred. I got a 45%, um, equity stake. If you buy a house with zero down, you have a negative equity stake because you're going to finance your taxes and, 
um, closing costs anyways. So dude, that's no way to, that's no way to invest. Yeah. I think that's the biggest benefit there is the buying a discount because it's, it's darn near impossible to buy a fixer or any, a property that needs any work at all with the VA inspection. Cause it's very stringent. They want to move it ready. And so you yeah. lose that on that opportunity. I think there's probably some instances with like a fourplex house hack where it could work yeah. if you're willing to put up with all of the chaos that comes with being a landlord in the building. And yeah. But, and I put that on the article too, by the way, you if you did. move into a fourplex, this is a good, yeah. So people said it's controversial. It's like, well, the title's controversial and people don't like to hear it. Clickbait. So, so yeah, it's clickbait. I don't give a fuck. So no, no, but, it's, uh, it's yeah, reasonable. It's reasonable. Well, and, and I know people go, I know, you know, people like to say that I'm controversial, but what I think is people like to be outraged. Um, and I'd love to play into their, uh, you know, their ridiculousness. And so, you know, the, you know, who, if you look at that, uh, the comment section of that thread, uh, the people who are most adamantly against it were, were realtors who sell VA loans. Well, they're salty because I'm saying that, they're, that their one gimmick is not as great as they wish it could be. And so, yeah, they're salty, but they're biased. Well, it's just like the biz, the business model of buy a house every time you change station in the military, which I would very adamantly tell you that if you buy a house as a rental property, that might work out for you, but people will just buy a house that, Oh, I can afford the VA loan. Let me buy right here. Maybe the market will go up and then, yeah, maybe, and maybe you become a millionaire or maybe you become homeless. You know, yeah, maybe you just become a guy with a bunch of debt and no cash flow. Exactly. And yeah, so it's that, all situational. Yeah, and the other problem you have with that strategy, which is a common one, uh, buy at every duty station. You get the, you know, the, you know, the uh, the biggest benefit in in growing a business is it, it's economies of scale. And so when I have one property manager to deal with thirty properties, I only have that's a economies of scale in my time because I don't have to deal with one guy, one relationship, one contractor, one lender. They do all the same thing. As soon as I got five houses in five different areas, I got five contractors to deal with. And let me tell you something, finding one good contractor is hard enough. Finding one good property manager. You want to deal with five of these people on margin, on, on slim margin deals. And even if those, you, even if those places go up in value over time, that's an equity play. That's not going to, you're still going to be cash flow strapped. And if you buy a nice building, like you said, cause you got to buy a retail building. So fine. You buy this house and you do 0% and you know, eight years goes by and you've had no problem because the house is new. Well, eight years goes by and well, when 12 years comes along, you're going to start having problems. Well, you're still not going to have any equity or you're still not going to have any cash flow because you, it's just not enough time and you did it. And, and it's, and those small margins are going to get tighter and tighter as, um, you know, as you buy more and more of these. So it might work out that plan buy one at every duty station, but you lose a lot of benefit. You know why I'm so good at my, um, you know why I can buy so fast in my area because I know the market like you wouldn't believe. So if a deal comes across my desk, I can make a, I can make a $60,000 decision in 10 seconds and I'll commit to it. I know I can buy this house. I know that I have exit strategies. I know how to deal with it. And I, it's because I know the market and I know that market because I've been dealing with it for so long. But if you got five houses or six houses or God forbid, 10 houses in different markets, I guarantee you, you don't know any of those markets as well as I know my one. And it's going to cost you on decision-making uh, speed, effect, effectiveness, and it's going to cost you on economies of scale for management. And again, for what? Just to get the 0% down VA loan? That's a terrible strategy to build around this one seemingly better than it really is benefit. Sorry to rant. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you're right. And knowing your market, and then having a team that you know and trust, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. So personally, right, like my little personal example of this would be the fact that I bought this building on, we closed September 17th, so in less than a month, and it had a live-in property manager, and I fired her yesterday. 
So that was my first experience with bringing a second property manager in. I had my property manager oversee to help with the transition. And before the end of the first month, it was like, hey, uh, do you mind taking over this building? Because I'm going to fire that person. And that was it. And I brought in my old property manager to manage it because it was just, it worked better. And so I would hate for something like that to happen where you are now PCS from California to North Carolina and you're going, oh crap, I only have one property manager. She's terrible. I don't have someone to replace her. Yeah. And the other thing is it doesn't give you the confidence to move forward quickly. So like right now, I know that I can take on a bunch more houses because I know that if I call my property manager up and say, I got more work, he's going to be like, heck yes, let's go boy. Let's do it. He's going to be excited. And I know he's going to get the job done. And so it gives me a ton of confidence to go out and buy property, seven, eight, nine, ten, buy this 40 complex, buy it by 150 in a year. Like I have the confidence of that because I have good people. If you live in one area or you live, uh, if you got properties in a bunch of areas, look, do, there's just not that many good property managers running around that you're going to get five of them. It's never going to happen. You're going to get one, maybe you marry that person forever. And then the odds that you're going to have a great property manager contractor. Look, I'm the only one. That's why I'm, that's why I've gotten so good. So long my team. I'm so thankful for them. My realtor, my contractor, my property manager, insurance and lender. I mean, superstars, all of them. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And that's what gives me the confidence to go so quick. People go, Alex, you're blowing up. And I'm like, get good people. That's all you need to work on is get good people and sell them on your ideas and feed them business. And the, and the world will work out. Overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that term. So, okay. Uh, I think that's most of my questions. But I would, if you don't mind, I would like to know where can, I mean, obviously your website, but where can people reach out to you? Is that the best place as far as consulting? What kind of stuff are you offering? You know, what any closing comments i suppose on yourself look i help people as best i can i do it almost uh for free uh there i do want offer one product and right now i'm kind of maxed out i've been helping people to buy houses in my area not i'll help you to buy it in your area if you just want to talk but i have an actual program where i walk people through and help them buy houses it's kind of like turnkey but i do i teach them and i have a really good system where i don't even take any money from them until they actually have purchased a building so it's worked out really good but you can only take so many of those clients before they're, yep. you know, you're, you're maxed out. So, uh, so aside from that, if you're, if you're listening and you want some help and you just want to reach out, I talk to people, I do Skype interviews all the time for free, no problem. Information is free. My website, I write my deals all out as transparently as possible. Um, you can find me on bigger pockets. Uh, Alexander Felice, my website, brokersofchoice.com. Um, I'm easy to get a hold of if you're looking. Awesome. And he's got gray hair. So, yeah, you True that. I will give you a, I should do a, I should do a blog on hair product, get a round brush, uh, blow dry that joker. And, uh, <laughs> I need to work. Right. Get, get lay right. Yeah. Right. You gotta blow dry it every day. Dude. That's the lay rights. What I use when I, when I actually have enough hair for that stuff. I got like 10 tins of that stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey Alex, it's been awesome. Thank you for tagging along on this interview. Guys, check out his website. If you're interested on, uh, in anything burr related or long distance related, He's your guy. He's got some good knowledge, so hit him up.